Kingston lift themselves off the bottom of the table. Dandy and Oakley look like finals contenders. We mentioned Vince Regari heaps, and one of us decides to boycott Kit Bag. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 19 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I am your host, William Chambers, and I'm joined by my mate this week, every week, Branson Gibson. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you, my man. How are you doing? Yeah, it's a bit bit of a hard week uh, with football, but Mm -hmm. we find ourselves here to talk about football. Yes, and we've got plenty of good football to talk about, some big results, some big implications on the table. Lots of good stuff to chat about, mate. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. I too am looking forward to it, and every single week we go to the kit bag segment with, you know, our look at the world of fantastic kits that we own, and a little bit of a spicy one this week, a bit of a controversial segment. Yes, absolutely. Now, no, Branson, let's jump into your kit first. Yes, no controversy to do with mine. I am wearing an NPL kit this week, got another one on this week, which is always good, always love showing the NPL club's some love. I am wearing a 2019 home kit for Pasco Vale, which is quite a nice kit. It's a dark blue kit, which I quite like. Quite a nice little colour. It's got some subtle blue, I don't know if you'd call them pinstripes, but like they mini are, hoop yeah. stripes. They are hoops. They're like, they, so they break up the kit. There's probably about eight of them, well, no, six of them broken up over the kit. And what I like yeah. about them is they're, they're a really nice different shade of blue. Yep. So at a distance, you wouldn't notice them. Nope. But up close, and you were speaking about last week, you know, kits that look good on fans. Yes. That's a good example of it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like the small stripes make it enough so that it's not just like a plain blue kit. The other thing I will say about Packer that I'm a big fan of is the logo. I mean, we talk about some of the clubs that don't have great names, great logos. Packer's logo, I think, looks particularly good, you know. It's just the circle, the badge. It's got the ram on it. The ram's modern. It just looks clean, crisp, sharp. I can get around Yeah, I would definitely say that's one of the better logos of semi-professional football. Also, one of the better front-of-shirt sponsors. So, it's Local Coin Swap. And I'm actually just going to do a quick search of it because I really want it to be like a crypto trading website. It could be. Or it could just be for guys. I think it's... People who collect coins. Like, you know, I don't know. Like 20 cent coins and $2. No, it is Bitcoin. There you go. Yeah, great. How sick is that? Very modern of them. In the week that Facebook announces Libra, we've got a kit with a cryptocurrency on it. Yeah, it's quite good. Amazing. I know. Through no uh, organization at all. But now let's jump into it, mate, because we've got something definitely controversial to talk about. I know you're quite happy with yourself, but I'll be honest, I'm not super impressed with this. What are you wearing? So I'm wearing, you could probably describe it as a Japanese kit. So a it's, Japanese kit. Yeah, yep. so it's a Uniqlo t-shirt with a Uniqlo sweater on. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm boycotting kit bag, everyone. I'm, I'm pulling the pin on it this week. And, and why? So I think I've said it the last couple of weeks, but culminating with the Matilda's loss, I am absolutely exhausted with football at the moment. And I know that's a really difficult thing to be when you have a weekly podcast on football. But Unfortunate. I'm I'm a bit emotionally drained from the last 24-odd months of football that I think I'm, I'm just going to take a little bit of a, a break from it this week because I would hate to wear a good kit 
in negative circumstances and feel bad about it. So I'm just going to take a week off, sit on the pine, and then I'm going to come back next week raring to go. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed because Kit Bag's meant to be everything mm. that's good about football and gets us very excited about football and then... Branson, if Nothing this is the will. first time in our year-long friendship, and it's been about a year now, Has. we would have had our anniversary probably, Ooh. what, last week? Yep. Yeah, so... You missed you, that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if this is the first time in a year-long friendship that you're disappointed with me, then you're mm. doing far better than, you know, my parents. So, <laughs> congratulations. Well, to be fair, the first time I was disappointed, hey, my name's Will. Oh, cool. What team do you go for? Liverpool. No. <laughs> that was disappointing. That's where the disappointment started. Um... Do you know where the disappointment didn't start, though, my friend? And where it didn't end. It didn't end or start anywhere in the football this weekend because we had a cracking round of football. Yes. Mostly, let's jump straight into it. Hume City 2, Bentley Greens... Oh, Hume City nil. sorry. Bentley Greens 2. We dubbed this as probably one of the matches of the round. Did it deliver? Well, yes and no. I mean, like, it, it, it delivered in terms of results, which is always... Always happens with with football games. It's always yeah. handy when there's a <laughs> Defined result. Defined by their results. But, you know, like, the sort of the lead-up to this was, you know, Hume were very informed. Bentley had been pretty good. So it was sort of like a, a big test to see if Hume were able to sort of take that next step, in particular after a big win against Heidelberg. And, I mean, in the end, they they didn't really... I, I, I didn't think they showed too much. I mean, Hume, they had the first chance of the game, like, super early on, but then the rest of the first half was all Bentley. I mean, Thurtell and Lambatteridis scored for the Greens. Bentley went up 2-0 at halftime. The second half was, again, you know, not exactly the most entertaining half of football. Like, there wasn't, you know, a lot of end-to-end stuff. You know, there were a few chances, but just not necessarily inspiring football. To be fair, from from either team. I think, though, for Bentley, I mean, being up 2-0, they didn't have a lot to prove. Like, they've got a lead. Yeah. And so they're sort of sitting there and they're going, great, we've got the lead, we're away from home, you've got to come at us. And Hume just sort of didn't. Didn't really come at him, didn't really show a whole lot, which, I mean, Bentley, you're a good team, so it's sort of to be expected. And for the Greens, I mean, it's a good result. It keeps them in second place. They're still five points behind Avondale. So still, you know, keeping up that 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 sort of chasing point. Uh, it's a good result as well for them against an informed Hume side. But for Hume, you know, tough loss, first loss in seven games. Yeah, so they've been in cracking form, and you're so right. It's one of those ones where it's we looked at it because of the form as the match of the round. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and second against four. Yeah, and so maybe a two lot two nil scoreline to Bentley Greens looks like a little bit of a no contest with it, but. Mm. Well, I mean, it, for Hume, it's sort of like a little bit of a coming back to earth. But having said that, they were playing a very good side. So mm. it's not entirely unsurprising that they that they didn't win. And let's remember, they did beat Heidelberg last week. So they That's got... the thing. They were, they were in good form against good teams. They well, weren't yeah, just like, you know, spanking the, the lower teams. And, and, I mean, if you go to any club and you say you're going to get three points from two games against Heidelberg and Bentley, I reckon pretty much every team would take that. Yeah. Like, Avondale only managed one point when they played mm. Heidelberg and Bentley. So that's still a good result for Hume. And it still sort of shows that they can... Well, it, it sort of shows two things. It shows that they still have some work to do to be like a genuine title contender. But I mean, they sit fourth on the table and I reckon they've shown that they're a serious threat to the top teams come finals. You know, good result. I mean, I think they were the first team to take points off Avondale. They've beat Heidelberg twice. Couldn't get it done against Bentley, which shows they've got more to 
more to do, but I think this is more a result that's good for Bentley than it is bad for Hume, I reckon. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so, Friday night, this was my pick for match of the round. Another huge game. Was. Melbourne Knights, nil, Dandenong City, 2. And, you know, we have spoken about the, not meteoric, but the solid rise from the ashes of what looked like certain relegation at Dandenong City. Mm-hmm. To go in the Croatian derby on a Friday night and get three points away from home, granted Knights are not the powerhouse in the league that they are. It's still a really good result for, for Daniel City and you can't hide behind that. But, oh, 100%. Um, I think we're now starting to see that point of the season where we were talking about early on of I want to see pitches, what they look like in bloody middle of winter. You know, that pitch um, uh, at Melbourne Knights just looked like a haphazard mishmash of mud and patches of grass well the weird thing with the pitch is like it's sort of overall it seems okay but it's sort of got these weird square patches yeah. that, are, that, oh, are, the, that are just really really bad yeah and wherever the goalkeeper is on the oh i'm gonna say it's the northern end but like i could genuinely be really wrong about my orientation <laughs> of that stadium yeah um but the sort of northern end of it it's, it's just it's mud it, yeah well I'm, I'm just so confused about why those square mm. patches are square patches but you know late in the season sort of a bit to be expected though but yes so i loved it for that and despite the pitch being bad it was actually quite a cracking game and you could definitely see there were times where players were sort of not passing along the deck because they didn't know how it was going to bounce and everything so there's a lot of sort of high ball action going on but 2-0 to dandy city could look like a convincing win and to be honest it's a lot of it has to go down to brenton sandalab because he's mm. just finishing goals that you know he probably is... I would like to see his conversion rate, but there are definitely players out there that would not have a conversion rate that high. So, it's, Daniel City is taking their chances now because they're a prolific striker up front. Um, but the goals from Daniel City, look, they were just before half-time and at the 60th minute mark. Um, Knights had chances, though. You know, the, particularly in the last 30 minutes where they never gave up. They, they sort of kept pushing and there was some really nice build-up play, but it was probably one that was more matched by brilliant defending from Daniel City. You know, early in the season when we said they were just capable of leaking goals and getting red cards, we started to see a very different team to the point where the back line was composed to the point where they were happy for Melbourne Knights to pass around them and put dangerous balls in because they just had it covered. Um, it was a really, really good quality game and, you know, two goals were the difference, but Knights could have scored two and, you know, I just think if they had a Brendan Santalab in their team, we would have been maybe staring at a... 2-2 draw or something. It's a really weird one. I thought Knights actually played really well. Daniel City just got goals at good times just before halftime. 15 minutes into the second half, they're really good times to score. Well, and I think the key for Dandy City as well is, you know, earlier in the year we were talking about, you know, Dandy City, Oakley, probably South as well, as being teams that were creating chances but just didn't have someone like that sort of striker to be able to... to just go to, yeah. You know, to sort of knock them in. And now that Dandy City sort of have that, and as you said, have sort of shored up their defensive structure and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they they look not the complete package, but like a much more complete team. Yeah, and, you know, Knights... uh, Dandy City actually did have a late goal that was chalked off for offside, and I sort of half looked onside to me, but, you know, you you can see it being given. Um, so that would have even read worse. That would have read it 3-0. Yeah. And it was definitely not a 3-0 game. So, look, that win, though, takes Dandy. They are now up to 19 points, which is just obscene considering where they were, what, eight rounds ago. Um, but they're now only three points behind Port. So they've had this really good run of form where they've not been moving up the table because there was such a big gap. Mm-hmm. But 
They're now only three points behind Port, and I don't need to tell our loyal listeners what Port Melbourne's form is like. Dandy City are definitely on the rise. Port Melbourne are just getting draws like left, right, and centre. And the good thing for Dandy is you mentioned that sort of that gap to Port Melbourne and some of the other teams, but they now have a five-point gap over Pasco Battle yeah, in the relegation spot. So that is they've gone from being multiple games away from safety to having a multiple game gap between them and the relegation yeah. zone. And that's huge. Yeah, and I can only see it getting getting more. Uh, Adrian Leyer came on as well. I thought yep. he would be out for like the rest of the season considering his face literally hurt off. Um, so that was good to see him back from that pretty scary injury. Um, but Branson, Knights have 26 points. And they're sitting... Where are they? They're somewhere mid-table-ish. Six. Six, yeah. six on the table. So you look at that, 26 and 6, but it's the, they've just not got any real results lately. So my question to you is, where are they going to end up this year? Well, see, that's a tricky question because the results that they've got have been big results, but in the FFA Cup. So, you know, huge yeah. win over South, huge win over Avondale. And, like, you can't sort of understate those. Like, they're massive for the club and for morale. But it just, I don't know, it's quite unfortunate for them that those big results do absolutely nothing for them in the league. And the league is where they've sort of struggled at the moment. I think they've only won one in their last eight. So I'll be honest, I, I reckon they'll make finals. But with the rise of Oakley and Altona sort of nipping on their heels, even South, South could even put a yeah, charge. You yeah. know, I mean, even a dandy city who aren't too far away, the night, they're going to have to start getting some results. I, I reckon they'll do it. I like them. I think they're a pretty good outfit. I just think they're too inconsistent. And the only thing that I hope for their sake is that they get, you know, or sorry, that the FFA Cup does not detract away from mm. from their from their league season. You know, it'd suck if they had to make, you know, a long journey to Perth or whatever and these midweekers start having an, an influence. But I, I can definitely see them making the finals. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Now, um, Team that we know will make the finals versus a team that we know are probably not going to make the finals. Pasco Vale 2, Avondale 5. Branson, did you go to this game? Did go to this game yes. on Friday night, yes. It was my first time out at Pasco Vale, out at CB Smith Reserve, which I believe is also where the Moreland Zebras play. Oh, I yeah. quite, quite liked it. Excellent facility. Uh, had a talk to Athena at Paco, who gave us a little bit of a, a tour and a rundown, and it's it's just a good setup. It's got a media room. It's Love got. It. You know, a nice viewing area, nice canteen, good change room facilities. So, excellent stuff off the field for Paco. Absolutely torrid stuff on the field for Paco, though. Comments we keep on file. (laughs) Well, sort of, you know, jumping into it. I mean, it was like, it was a dominant performance from Avondale. I mean, they controlled the first half. They had a bunch of chances to score. Uh, But in the end, they were only up 1-0 at the break. I think Matthew Reid scored in about the 10th minute. And, you know, Avondale players were lining up to have shots on goal, but they just couldn't find the back of the net. The concerning thing for Paco, and I suppose the good thing for Avondale, was uh, Paco did not look like scoring. They didn't... Oh, sorry. Did not have a single shot in the first half. So, So no shots, no shots on target, nothing. So that would be of concern. And, you know... Any chance that they might have had of like a, a halftime sort of pep up or a comeback was scuttled pretty early on into the second half. Uh, Tasuka Sakaya bags a goal for Avondale. Their second 40 seconds in and pretty much opened the floodgates from there. Avondale scored uh, another three. Sakaya ended up with two for the night. I mean, Pascaval, they did score two goals of their own, but they came late in the game and they never really threatened to influence the result at all. 
I mean, in the end, 5-2, Will, I think you'd probably agree, not really a surprising result, that one. I mean, it's surprising in the sense of Avondale leaking two goals against Pasco Vale. Like you said, zero shots in the first half. I was sort of half-watching this while I was at the pub on Friday night on my on YouTube. Thank yep. you so much, NPL Vic, for broadcasting games. Yep. Um, and I was watching this, and I was just like... Oh, did Avondale concede two goals? Like, this is a weird one. Well, well, the two goals, I think, came more down to Avondale, poor Avondale defending than necessarily great work by Pascoval. I think the first one was from a corner. Guy, I don't know, lost his marker, got a header, and someone was there to smash it home. And then the second goal was just a, a strike that beat keeper Chris Oldfield. But mm. I think the concerning part from Paco was they only showed something when they were down 4-0 and the game was already over. Mm. Uh, for Avenel, though, I mean, they looked dominant, which is good for them. But, I mean, we spoke about this earlier this season and we saw when they had that difficult stretch, are they flat-track bullies? I mean, it's a good result, but it's a good result against a crap team. Yeah. I mean, I mean not to be too harsh on Paco, but... They they're are, a crap team. They're, they're the crappest team in the league by such a way. We love well, your kit and oh, we love your logo, but oh my God. They only have one win in their last 11 games. That's <laughs> ridiculous. So, and I think we did the we did the points look up last week and it's not as always like one win and then like 10 draws. It's like one win, one two, draw. Yeah, one win, two draws and nine yeah, losses. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible math by Bram. But yeah, it's, <laughs> we do suck at maths on this podcast. We right. need um, to remember. The, the, the crucial thing for Avondale, though, is they, they're five points behind Dandy City and safety. Now, the one thing they've got going for them is, you know, 12th is not automatic relegation, so there's still a chance. But at the same time, Kingston City, you know, applying a bit of pressure, things could be bad for... For Paco, and also I did hear a rumour today Hello. that their coach Is... has stepped down. Coach and assistant either stepped down or been told no longer required, but apparently they had a crisis meeting last week before the Avondale game. Mm. Clearly they did not get the result they wanted. Not only a loss, but no shots in the first half. Imagine if they had the crisis meeting, they're like, oh, well, we'll let him stay if he score, if they score two goals. Yeah. And no. so maybe they did like yeah. succeed that crisis meeting, but... Yeah, well, apparently their coach has gone, so things are going pretty poorly down in Pasco Vale. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see if they can bounce back. But... but to be honest with you, all of the coaching changes that we've seen this year bar probably Knights. Mm-hmm. Have had positive effects. Yeah, well, even the Knights. I mean, they beat Avondale, they beat South. Oh, so, you're so, true. Actually, so sorry, so, taking the cup. Yeah, so it's sort of weird. So that negative, they still have, you know, quite a large positive. Uh, but talking about negatives and positives, the next game, because there's definitely negatives and positives for both teams. Interesting result, this one. Green Gully 3, Port Melbourne 3. So interesting. Tell me about it, mate. Yeah, it was a very interesting game. Anyone who's not seen it, at least watch the highlights, because... 3-3 can play out a number of different ways. So, Port Melbourne took the lead early. Then, so it's 1-0 to Port Melbourne, away yep. from home. You know, yeah, this is quite good. Then Alex Salmon scores, probably one of his better goals of the season. Good little touch at the top of the box. And then just, without taking a step or repositioning his body, just like guides at home, like in mm-hmm. the left-hand sort of corner. It was a really, really good finish. Got a lot of pace on the ball um, from not having any sort of like real body position change. So, you know things we say again Alex Salmon is a really good player we were talking before about um the Croatian derby on Friday night you know what would these teams look like with a person who can just finish goals Alex Salmon Mm -hmm. is very much that man for Green Gully yep so anyway 1-1 at the break then Port take the lead with a cracking header at the back post I think it was Michael Eager um just you know got on the end of a very good cross uh, there was like a goalkeeper was in a good position. There was a man on the post and the defender wasn't too far off him and it still goes in. So it's one of those really good headers. 
Um, but then, so it's Port Melbourne 2-1 up at this stage. And Matthew Braze gets a red card for running in, like running into a ball. Uh, I can't, don't know who the goalkeeper was because the team sheet definitely said it was... Uh, I can't remember who, but it's not, it's not who was playing a goal. Um, but... Matthew Breeze gets a red card for pretty much kicking the goalkeeper in the face. Goalkeeper saves the ball. Breeze sticks his foot in. And it's a bit of afters behind the goal as well, which is rightfully so, because it was pretty bad challenge. You just have not been able to get away with that for a good 15 years now. So I have absolutely no idea who who would have got it. Um, um, and then Port go 3-1 up. So after that, they've got a two-goal advantage. Um, we've got... A 3-1 lead, it's it's one of those weird ones. They, they just absolutely bottled it. So, one-man advantage, two-goal lead, bottled it completely. Uh, we're deep into injury time. Alex Salmon adds to Bonus's goal that took them to 3-2. Alex Salmon scores a cracker from distance. Beautiful strike. Love it. It's also one of those great ones where at Green Gully, when the sun starts to set. Yeah. You get that lens flare. So it kind of looks a bit sci-fi and lovely. When talking about Alex Salmon, late goal in this game, villain to hero from one week to the next. Of course, exactly. missed, missed that. the penalty yep. up at Dandy City last yep. week. So and he had tones for it. And he celebrated as if he knew that as well because he was pretty happy with that goal. And, oh, it's just such a weird one where Port had absolutely the best chance to get three points here and mm. they draw again. Yeah. So... You know, Green Gully, that's only five points out of a possible 18 from their last game, last six games, which is, which sounds bad. It's, it's not great. And, and it's not great even considering that they play Avondale this weekend as well. So that's a tough, another tough game. But, but they're still in fifth. And so this, yeah, as much yeah. as they've only got like five points out of a possible 18, they've not been hurt on the ladder at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've been hovering around fourth and fifth. You know, the good form of Hume has probably, is what's usurped them more so than them mm-hmm. dropping down by their own volition. Yep. Um, but Port Melbourne, on the other hand, are now just within three points of 11th place, Dandy City, and they are on a real charge. Port Melbourne, they just seem to be getting maybe draws and not really convincing wins. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those ones where I'm just wondering, Branson, you know, where are Port going to finish this year? With, you know, we've got about 10 odd rounds to go, and they're sitting there on 22 points, I believe it is, in ninth. So are they going to go up from there, stay there, or go down? Well, I, I think we were talking about it last week. We were talking about their result, and I think that this result, same as last week, just sort of symbolises the kind of team that they are this year, where it's sort of like, you know, we said at the start, some positives, some negatives. So, you know, you're up, you're up 3-1, that's great. You know, then you blow that lead, but then they hang on for a draw, they don't get the loss. So it's sort of like it's a mix of pros and cons. Mm. So I think the results, what they really sort of show is that they are... Not quite good enough this year for for whatever reason. Their big thing has been that, you know, they don't concede too many goals, although they did concede three. So I just think, I just, I, I don't think they're going to make the finals. I think they're just sort of a classic sort of bottom, mid-table is sort of the lower end of mid-table. Like, you know, I don't think they'll be bothered with relegation at all. I think they maybe could potentially mm. challenge for finals, but I don't see them making it. So yeah. I think, and even if they made it in, I've just not seen enough from them this year to go. They could actually upset some teams. No, no. They, to Every me- time they've played against a good team, they've got near enough, maybe got a point out of it, but they've not really pushed any other teams. No, no, exactly. And one last thing that I will say about Gully is you mentioned, you know, that they haven't been hurt too much on the table. They are now within. 
catching distance of those teams behind it. Yeah. So, uh, so a loss on the weekend against top plates, haven't they? Well, in theory, Gully could fall to eighth. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, pre- the, pre- the pressure, yeah. the pressure yeah. is still on them to, you know, sort of start getting results. So they're by no means a shoe in for the finals. Like they're definitely in a battle. I really want to see where they are five rounds to go. You know, yep. like, like in, in, I think it's about four or five rounds away that we're at, you know, there's the real run-in. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting to see where they are because they're also relative to, like, results from Knights and Oakley Cannons yeah. and Altona and South Melbourne. And it's like, well, like, where is all of this going to well, go? And at the end of the day, they did finish in the relegation playoff final last year. They mm. finished 12th so last year. So mid-table would be, yeah. mid-table would be well, a very good result. Yeah, exactly. So from 12th to 5th, that's a good turnaround. Yeah. Um, good turnaround as well. It's not really a good segue, that one, actually, but we'll run with it. Um, Dandenong Thunder 2, Heidelberg United 5, absolute goal fest. Yes. Particularly (laughs) off to a start with this one. Well, absolutely. It was a cracking first half, but more importantly, it was a surprising first half. Dandy Thunder took the lead twice. Uh, They netted their first goal in just the second minute. Brandon Barnes scored both of... Dandy Thunder's goals in the first half, but you know, huge surprise when they took the lead watching the game and you're sort of going, oh, gee whiz, here we go. Dandy Thunder having a crack. Uh, Heidelberg, though, I mean, did equalize twice. Bit of luck through the first one, came through an own goal, but nothing lucky about the second one. Uh, Sean Ellis delivered, frankly, a delicious free kick, but went into the half, tied it to two all. Awesome for the Thunder to take the lead, I thought, because it showed some fight, showed some heart, showed a bit of ticker, you know, which is something that they sort of missed a little bit. But Heidelberg, I think, sort of did what good teams do to tie it up, where, you know, the first goal, there was nothing pretty about it, really. I think it was a cross. It just took a huge deflection off a dandy Thunder player, and, and in it goes. So nothing pretty about the first, but then a touch of class about the second. Sean Ellis... Free kick right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, Dangerous it was spot. Lovely. And yeah. it was good. You know, keeper didn't even move. It was in all the way. Uh, so whilst the first half had plenty of positives for Dandy Thunder and it was very exciting, the Burgers absolutely blew Dandy out of the water in the second half. They netted three goals to cruise to what was in the end a comfortable 5-2 victory. It's a, weird, it's a weird one where you look at it in the sort of the terms of like uh, for and against. Yeah. And you see it and you're like, oh yeah, great. Like they won 3-0. It's like, no, they, they scored five, but they lead two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You know, like it's sort of, it's sort of weird. And, and the result sort of doesn't quite show how tight it was in the first half. Dandy Thunder did look threatening and they still look threatening in the second half, but... I mean, good teams win ugly, and Heidelberg managed to do that, but also look good at the same time as they looked ugly. Yeah. You know, if, it, if that makes any sense, though. Uh, and it's it's a good result for them. Keeps them in touch with Bentley. For Dandy, though, I mean, it's not an entirely unsurprising result. They showed some fight, but, I mean, once again, nothing to take away from it, and we've said it a lot. At the end of the day, good performances don't count for anything. Uh, they now actually drop to the bottom of the table and they conceded more goals. They've now conceded 53 goals this season and I did a little bit of calculations. The average among the other teams is 28 goals conceded. So yeah, Danny Jesus. Thunder have conceded almost twice as many as as the other teams and that's just not sustainable. So worrisome signs for, for Danny Thunder. They're in deep deep trouble. And you said that thing of them dropping to last place, which we didn't even think was fathomable for anyone to no, be in last place no. other than Kingston City. Yeah. But Kingston City, 2-0 win over South Melbourne, away yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Huge win. Yeah. And the most interesting thing about this is that I absolutely refuse to watch this game. 
So, I was designated to watch this game, and it was Sunday, and it was after the Matildas game, and this is, you know, probably an explanation for my whole boycott of kit bag, but I was just so disheartened by football on Sunday that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I just can't even bring myself to watch it. But I did, of course, watch the highlights, and I did get Branson to help me out a little bit with the notes, so yeah. we, can, we, can, we can carry <laughs> yeah, through it, because I know that you're not here to listen to me not watch football, you're yes, here to listen to me to watch football. Um so obviously, you know, there was a goal for Kingston just before half time, and then a second midway through the second half, you know, those really good score like times to score that we yep. sort of mentioned from the, well, the, goal the Dandy City game on Friday night was just before half time, you know, fifteen minutes midway through the second half, really good time to score. And the goal just before half time came in stoppage time, so great time to score. Yeah, and it's just a huge result for Kingston. I don't really know why South Melbourne seemed to turn up some weeks and then just completely like, it's as if they just aren't fielding a full team some weeks because they just don't look on the pitch. Well, it's it's so strange because a couple of weeks, you know, it seemed like they turned the corner. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, they sort of found themselves, they'd hit their straps, and then they've sort of backed that up with a couple of bad performances. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's I don't know what the reason for it is, and it's really hard to sort of, you know, criticise without coming up with a solution, you know. It's all fun and games for us to sit here and be like, you're terrible. You gotta have a solution to the problem instead of just calling out the problem. Yep. Um, but it is you can't hide behind it. It is a disappointing performance. It's a disappointing result. Um, and a win would have seen them on the cusp of like sort of that top six area as well. So it would have been a really good one to win. And they surely would have looked at this game a month ago and gone, that's three points. But instead, Kingston City take three points and they're now off the bottom of the table. And that's good. How huge do you think that is? <sighs> I. I, I... I'll, I'll sort of it's, answer it's, my it's own question. question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's difficult because do I fundamentally think Kingston City are going to stay off the bottom of the table? No, no. But it's the fact that Dan the onus is now on Dan and on Thunder to get off the bottom of the table. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the good thing for Kingston is it means they're sort of moving up. And so we were talking about how they were having good performances, not getting results. All of a sudden, a good performance, and now they've got a tangible you know, results yeah. to show from their effort where it's like, great, we've won this game and we've now lifted ourselves off the bottom. So yeah. uh, one thing for South though, I mean, if they want to push for the finals, which they still could, if for whatever reason they don't make it, I reckon 100% they will look back on this game and go, a loss to yeah. bottom place Kingston at home, that is one that got away. That is one that we should have yeah. we should have played better, should have performed better because they were pretty nowhere during this mm. game. It's going to hurt them. They were nowhere for that game, but I was also nowhere for that game because yep, football was dead <laughs> to me on Sunday. Um, but we've got one more ma- match to round out our review section, Branson. Oakley won Altona Magic nil, and this is sort of that battle of the mid-table sort of game that yep. was going to sort of, um, you know, not, not sort of decide it, but it's one of those six pointers where it's a team very close to where you are in the table, so a win is a very good result for Oakley. Absolutely, and, and it was a tight battle this game as well it was nil for for most of the game it was a late winner in the end that got Oakley over the line I think it was Wade Decker flicked on a header home from a corner and it's just it's just a huge result for Oakley because they now sit only one point out of the top six and that is just an absolutely crazy thought yeah. considering the position they were in not that long ago I mean so like looking back they only had one win in their first 10 games yeah. You know, so one win and a couple of draws. They were on the bottom for a long time. 
They're in the relegation zone for a long time, and since then they have six wins and two draws. Yeah, and that's so the thing. They're not just—they're not padding out good results with draws. That's six wins. Yes, in eight games, like yeah. that is crazy. And I mean, we've seen them climb up to to seventh. You know, so they—they've managed to leapfrog these teams around them. Uh, and will I mean, how high can Oakley climb? Yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed with Oakley's turn of form at this stage and it I would liken the two form teams in the competition at the moment I think I want to say three but it's really two and it's Oakley and Hume you know over that last sort of course of two months Oakley and Hume have been the ones that have really sort of moved up that pack um who are ahead of Oakley I think it's Melbourne Knights and Green Gully and then Hume themselves Look, I don't think they can get ahead of Hume, but mm-hmm. if Knight's form doesn't change and Green Gully, you know, drop the odd point here or there, I definitely think that Oakley could find themselves up in that fifth, sixth spot. And that would just be massive for them going into finals. Well, they're 100% finals contenders now, and yeah. that is just a mind-blowing thought. And it's sort of crazy to see this this turnaround. It's obviously been been great for them. Uh, for Altona, though, on the flip side, bit of a tricky loss for them. I mean, they missed a chance to jump back into the top six, They've been a bit hot and cold this season, and you know this result just sort of continues that trend. But my question for you is: On Altona, will they make the finals? Because they've been in the yeah, top, so I, they've been in the top six before. They've sort of flipped it a little bit with you know Green Gully and the Knights, you know, sort of yeah. filtered in and out a little bit. But do you reckon they'll make it? No, I've not seen enough from Altona this year to, to say that they'll make it. Um, I think there'd have to be some. I think it's out of their control, as cruel as this sounds. There's a lot of form teams around them that I think have got a lot more capacity to make the finals and do some damage. I think Altona are destined for that eighth or ninth spot. Mm. And I don't think that's actually a bad finish. Oh, 100%. You know, like that is, that is still a good finish. You're clear. It's, it's that sort of pack where you're away from the relegation battle, but you're not going to make finals. And... You know, it's not a bad one, you know. Well, that first season back in the top flight, you know, that's it's it's good for them. I think the key is that their upside is not as high as the upside of the teams around them. So, yes. Gully, the Knights, Oakley, even South, I think, have more upside than the Magic do. True. Um, there was an upside to Wednesday night last week, Branson. And yes. that was that it was the final matches for Round 7 of the FFA Cup. So, the final teams... Decided going through to the national stage. Yep, plenty on the line. Bullying Lions, 3-1 winning at St. Albans, took a cracking early lead. I think they were 2-0 up within about 10 minutes. Um, and that kind of dictated that game. Um, it was probably one of the better games that I've seen in the FFA Cup. Um, but then, Altona Magic, who we've just been speaking about. Yeah. Big cup set against Moreland Zebras. We were very happy about the previous game because we knew there would be one NPL2 team in the all non-NPL non-top-tier team in the um, in the FFA Cup national stage. Moreland Zebras are boys with the greatest, you know, mascot, the Zebra. Yes, love the Zebra, underrated. Making it through, 1-0. Yeah, uh, and this is just, this is just huge. I think in particularly more for the Zebras, the fact that these NPL t- teams are on the, the national stage... Is is huge because they've got potential to draw, you know, an A League side, and that's going to be massive. Just that exposure, I think it's a bigger result for Moreland than it is for Berlin, simply because Moreland yeah. had to overcome that that NPL 
that MPL team to, to, to get there. Uh, disappointing massively for Altona. But, I mean, we saw it throughout the MPL Victoria this year where the top teams in the MPL just did not want to make the FFA Cup, you know? Like, yep. like losses, Heidelberg, Bentley, Avondale. So now we've, now we've, got, two, we've got two non-MPL teams in the Cup, and I think that's amazing. Stoked with that. Yep, 100%. Um, stoked as well for the WMPL. Uh, wins for Calder and Alamein. So the top two stay pretty much cemented at the top. I don't know if that's going to change much for the rest of the season. It could, though. Well, I mean, Berlin, I mean, they still are nipping on the hills. They got a win as well. They're only one point behind Alamein. So, I mean, there's a chance that they could sort of flip there. The key thing with this one will be the finals. Because we yeah. saw that happen last year. Berlin finished there. They won the whole thing. Yeah. So, as long as Berlin are in there, you know, there's still a chance. But the key question, though, is did Southern United win well? Branson, I am so happy to say this. I am so happy to say that Southern United did not lose this week. Amazing. And why didn't they lose? Is that because they fought out a tough one-all draw? Oh, it was a classic 6-6 draw. Was it? No, it was not. The game was called off due to an unplayable surface. Now, I've got a question for you. Do you reckon that's fake news? Do you reckon that's just Box Hill were like, wow, geez, we really don't want to come up against Southern United. We don't want to be the first team to lose against them. Pitch unplayable. I mean, Oops, sorry, we've pitch unplayable. They just didn't want a bar of it, or I mean, I think if there's teams in the world that you would do that against, Southern United's not one. No, mm. I reckon most teams in the world, and I know that WMPL is going around the world. You uh, bet it you is know. on YouTube. Well, Barcelona were apparently going to do a preseason tour, but went no. Should have Southern United probably not going to be free that time to play. So, yeah, unfortunately. Because they've got their league season. Yeah, of course. Um, there was also another game that was postponed as well, which was Heidelberg-South Melbourne, which I think we're going to start to see a lot more of because the weather was so goddamn cold over the weekend. Yeah, really foggy too. Yeah. I, I don't know what an unplayable playing surface means. I mean, for like mine, a- unplayable means it's less than like 23 degrees. So, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Really. I'm a fair weather footballer, everyone. <laughs> Yes, very much so. I think that would eliminate pretty much every game in the NPL. But anyway, I think that's just about the end of it the is. first segment, the it review, is. isn't it? Yes, we're going to eliminate ourselves from part one, and yep. we will join you in part two very shortly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the Semi Pro Potty where we take a look at the broader world of football. Um, Branson, let's kick it off with That's So Semi Professional. Part of the show where we talk about things from the world of football that looked a little bit shit this week. Well, I'm going to kick something off with something a little bit controversial, but not as controversial as you not wearing a kit. But something from just the general realm of the world that I saw that was quite semi-professional. Saw it on your Twitter account. A photo. A hive of excellent content. Uh, every now and then it is. Sort of, it's a mixed batch, but this was on, this was on the good end, I will be honest. It was a photo that some random user had posted of their house, and they had a photo of the house, and on the roof you can see a thing, and it's hard to tell what it is. This is so good. Like, you can't, like, you can't really tell what it is. It's just sort of like a blob, and you're like, oh, that's odd. And then the next photo is of one of those, Australia Post delivery cards and on it it says uh, I can't remember exactly I'm paraphrasing I'm paraphrasing here but it's like hello I'm the postman I accidentally threw your package on the roof maybe use a broom to get it down and then (laughs) and then you go back and you have a look and you go oh no shit the postman has actually 
throwing the package on the roof. How do you and fuck that up? Like, it's quite a... It's not a low roof. Like, it's oh. kind of like an... Well, it's a normal-sized roof. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's just like, how do you accidentally yeah, throw that's something? Yeah, that's so funny. Well, that's my favourite part. Because you're sort of looking and you're going, what was he aiming for? Where was he throwing it in the first place? You know, oh, I accidentally threw it on the roof. Where, where were you throwing it? In the bin? Yeah, and like, like was at, he doing at it? the door, like, so like the newspaper only... delivery style, well, yeah, love it from, from your car. But that's fine for a newspaper, not for like a package where you don't know the like what's oh, in yeah, the package. Anything, like, yeah, 100%. Really stupid. So I um I yeah I saw that retweeted. It was just brilliant. It, and the guy's response was just like, "What? Like, are you <laughs> taking the piss? <laughs> like, how does that even happen?" Which is a, a, a very logical res- response, to be fair. So yeah. I I saw that and I immediately thought, you know what? That's very semi-professional. It's not football related, but you know, semi-professionalism does expand to more than the world of football. No, I like it. I actually yeah. think we should open up the floodgates a bit more for this. Yeah, potentially. Um, my one, which I actually put under the semi-professional one, but it was actually quite professional and I really liked it. I was really impressed by this. So I'm not sure if we shared it on any of our accounts. Maybe on our Instagram. But we got a Twitter basher last week. Well, technically two. Oh, shit, did we? Well, one guy chimed in and another guy then confirmed his original bash. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Oh, good call. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was actually the, the second one, wasn't it? So, we got a Twitter basher this week. And, you know, Twitter bashers, sometimes they don't have the greatest vocabulary or uh, it's, it's not a great show of wit. This was perfect. Like, if I was going to sledge us, 100% I would do what he said. And just succinctly cut us down in our prime with four words. Mm-hmm. Shit haircuts, shit podcast. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, as much as it's Twitter bashing, it's actually kind of like really good field notes. Mm. And it's hard to pick holes in such a concise, short mm. bit of banter. Yeah, like, I, I, go, I know oh. my hair's shit. I'm growing my hair out at the moment. It's an absolute mare. Mine's quite long. It's also quite and not super healthy at the moment. I've got to wash yeah. it tonight. You know, yeah. It's not in great shape. So we're also going to have a hair podcast next week yeah, for Brands and I to talk about our hair, <laughs> our hair care regimes. Yep. Um, so I love the Twitter bashing this week. I thought it was... Um, very semi-professional, but also professional at the same time. Did hurt, my, fi- did hurt my feelings. Branson gets really hurt by these things, guys. I love them. Like, please just <laughs> at mention us as much as possible. I want to know how much you hate us. I just, want, I just want to do something that people love. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, things that people love, though, Branson. Your next one. I didn't love it. Yeah, well, that's so semi-professional. Uh, let's be honest. The Matildas penalty shootout. Shots. I mean, yeah. is it too soon to say that? I mean, let's be honest, Sam Kerr, one of the best players in the world, like genuinely one of the best players in the world. Saw on Twitter there's talks about her getting signed to the Chelsea's lady team, getting a contract over a million dollars. Well deserved, she's excellent, but that penalty was not. Yes. I mean, uh, I, I, we've talked about, oh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but Brand's biggest pet peeve is penalties that do not hit the target. Because if you shoot and you hit the target, you've got a 66% chance that the keeper's going to go the wrong way or dive the way that isn't the way you shoot it. Particularly given the World Cup at the moment where it's like, if you're a goalkeeper and you even think about a line and you think about being over the line, you're going to get pulled up on VAR for it. It's like, shit, you just got to go low and hard. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, just... it's a really... it's a, it, They've kind of made it even harder for uh, goalkeepers. And it was it was, it was was painful to watch, you know, because it... Uh, the, the, uh, the shootout as a whole, you know, always a very unfair way... Or not unfair, but a very harsh way to lose. But, I mean, I thought that was pretty semi-professional. But, what about you? 
Mate, uh, same professional was the weather for the Matildas Fed Square event. So oh. the Fed Square were like, we're going to have the game on tomorrow morning. And I was like, you know what? I want to go in for this one. And then I checked the weather and it was like two degrees. I watched it at home mm-hmm. and then I went to go visit my friend at about nine o'clock and I still couldn't see the, sh- the city through the fog. Yeah. It was that cold. Yeah. And I'm like, if it's this cold at like 10, it would have been freezing at like... <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, another thing that I thought was very semi-professional. Uh, you've sort of talked about this one. I haven't so much because I'm generally a fan of the VAR, but I'm quite over it. Like when we're talking about, you know, yellow cards for goalkeepers coming off their line, goalkeepers coming off their line an inch, and then, you know, people not flagging for offside and then just reviewing everything and then... Oh. So undermining to the referees. And it's just so confusing because it's so like really quickly. So talking about that red card in the Matildas game, straight red. VAR has a look and they okay. Is the reason why VAR okayed it because they thought it was a red card or because they were like, oh, it's not an obvious error, which I think is somewhere in the defining features. If you get what I mean, like did the VAR say that? Okay, look, that's harsh, but it's not a clear and obvious error. We have to let it slide. So yeah. if that's the I, case, it's sort of like, shit, you know, like, what's the point of it? You know, like, wh- why? I don't know. Like, I so don't want to sound like an old grumpy man, but I think half the reason why I'm a little bit over football at the moment is this, it's, it's not the it's not the sole reason, but it's, it's bubbling under the surface of, I think the game of football is being changed and not for the better. Like, what they've done is they've brought in technology, but they haven't changed the rules to suit the technology. So, like, it's now just super confusing. Where, like, as a footballer, I'm like, okay, great. I now can't enjoy football because I know at some point. Like, in the back of my mind, in that Matildas game, when we drew to take it to extra time, I was like, I cannot wait to see how VAR fucks this up. And like, well, and that's a terrible thing as a fan. Because I, I normally would be like, I can't wait to see how the referee, this human thing that I can, you know, <laughs> hate, is going to fuck it up. But when it's a computer, you're a little bit like, oh, man, I have heaps of Google Homes and I don't want to, like... I, I have this theory that when the robots take over, because I treat my Google account and homes really nicely, mm-hmm. they're not going to kill me. Yeah. Whereas I'm going to start swearing at VAR, and that's a robot, and my oof, yeah, my Google Homes can hear it. I don't know VAR. We could talk for so long about VAR. Generally, though, I I like it. I think it's good. But I just think that implementation, sorry, of yeah. it is the rules don't match uh, the technology, it, and it just it for I don't know, it doesn't work. Just the way it's set up, <coughs> sorry, pardon me. Just the way it's set up at the moment, it just doesn't seem to get the result, right results enough of the time. And, and even looking at the Matildas game, what was it? The handball penalty yeah. that was called against Norway. They reviewed that, they overturned it, and you're probably like, do you know what? That's probably the correct call. But it's, does it take four minutes to do that? And yeah, is it a... and that's the painful part. It's like they haven't found that that happy medium to, mm. to sort of to sort of get it. I, Whereas I just... cricket, like I actually like how cricket did technology. Not to run on a too much of a tangent, but cricket did technology right for mine, where they actually started to inc- introduce human elements of the technology. Mm-hmm. So you know how. Even if a ball is going on to hit the stumps yeah, yeah. in an LBW review, if it pitches outside the line, it won't be given. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I like that. It yeah. has to be hitting 
Well, you know, more than 50% of the ball has to be hitting more than 50% of the stumps. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the human element of it that I like. Yeah. And, and so I think what they've done is they've got technology. They just haven't changed the rules to suit it. And it's absolutely ruining it for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But for me, it was sort of a little bit a little bit taxing. It's yeah. sort of... And I, I, I am a big proponent... Uh, not proponent, proponent. No, proponent's correct. Yeah. 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 So I, I am a big proponent of... Of the VR, I think it's good. I think if, if we've got this sort of technology that can genuinely benefit the game, we should use it. But it's not working, and I'm a little bit over it. Yeah. But there's another thing that you saw that was very semi-professional. One last oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is great. So this was, um, I think it was for Suwon in oh, the classic, yeah. um, K-League. Lee Dong-gook scoring with his face from 20 mm. yards. So we talk about... To be fair, he did not want to score with his face. He was very disinterested in scoring. The goalkeeper decided for him that he was going to score with his face. Yeah, it was uh, a ball. The goalkeeper's got the ball running out, absolutely like puts... like He just goes to clear it, yeah. Just laces through it. Um, And then (laughs) Lee Dong-gook's standing at 20 yards, wears it 100% on his face, and then it lobs back over the keeper into the goal. And it's like, look, it's... I called it a great cushioned header because yeah, it was it, it was hit with so much venom that his the face fact that didn't clear yeah. the goal. Yeah. I was really impressed. with his that. His face cushioned the blow very nicely. Yeah, quite right. Um, Braz, we got a fifty dollar meal challenge this week. Yeah, talk us through it. Well, once again, it was uh, you. You did not come to Paco on Friday night. You were busy that night, so it was up to Brand to try out a fifteen dollar meal challenge once again at a venue that we haven't been to. And no vegan options to report. Shit. Yeah, which is very unfortunate. Chips were the only thing on there. They did have hot jam donuts on the menu, though. Which we, uh, Ollie and I got some at um, my mate when we went to the, oh, the Knights game oh, at the FA Cup. Okay, so that's not an exclusive. Know, to they do that prick thing where it's like I think it's one for two dollars or three for five. Right, and you're definitely getting three. Yeah. You don't want three, but then you have to. You have to. The thing that always gets me with hot jam donuts is I always greatly underestimate just how bloody hot the jam is. Like, so, like, you have the donut, and you go, oh, yeah, this isn't too bad. And, <laughs> and then you have some, and the <laughs> bloody awesome. jam is on en fuego. It's gone. <laughs> uh, Melts my face off. On the topic of jam, yeah. do you know what was my absolute jam from this weekend? I think this is the highlight of... Probably the last If I had to pick, years. I'd probably say it was a Roxette song. I mean, I do love a Roxette Yeah, I know you, know you do. So is that, was that the jam or no. am I on the wrong track? No. So we're going to go into the What We Like segment. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, good. And my jam this week, you've all seen it. Anyone who's on soccer Twitter pretty much will, will know it. And it was my mate from school, Vince Ricari, is just walking around well, this after is, this, the... is, this is bigger than soccer Twitter. This is just every Twitter. Oh, AFL yeah. Twitter, yeah. you know, it's yeah. huge. So I I have an opinion of the AFL media, which is their heads so far up their asses, it's not funny, and they just think that they are the best thing in the world. But who is it? BT was mm-hmm. walking around after the Swans-Hawks game. Yep. And he's stumbles upon my mate Vince, who... Those of you on soccer Twitter know is like the god of soccer Twitter. And BT is doing his classic roaming Twitter, yeah. uh, roaming BT, which I think is you know fraught with that. Not a great. It's painful, but everyone plays along to it. So BT and... walks up to a random, and they turn around and they go, "Oh yeah, no, it was a good game. Boys gave one hundred and ten percent in the fourth row." Right. What he doesn't expect is what Vince does, and what Vince does is he walks up and he's like, "What are you doing?" Vince just goes, "Just my job, mate." Completely disarms him. A little bit of toing and froing. About what Vince does, works Sydney Morning Herald as a journo. And then he goes, oh, yeah, you know, Buddy Franklin, you know, that's a hamstring injury. That's a four four weeks or something. Vince, 
one of the best lines of all time is, I'm not a doctor, mate, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just good. Well, clearly, BT has absolutely no idea who he is. Oh, and, and he can't He d- can't deal with it. He just keeps trying to do his BT thing. And then yeah. Vince side-eyes him. And the side-eyes still is just so good. And obviously, Arctic Orange and everyone on soccer Twitter is just using it as meme format. And please keep doing that. Because I was laughing for like... A good 15 minutes of that. That was one of my favourite things from this week. Well, it was just... Oh, it was it was painful. It was painful to watch. And I think the downside for BT was he kept going. Yeah, he did. After the initial shutdown, he didn't go, oh, yep, cool, see you later. No, he kept pushing in. But anyway, uh, what's something else that you liked? Um, well, I mean, I just literally ticked off two of mine. Bran, I'm going to jump to you for oh, a bit. What excellent. about you? Uh, I liked the results on the weekend in the NPL. I mean, just... I mean, more surprises, more good results, more results that add... Oh, sorry, pardon me. More results that add new layers to the NPL season. I mean, the finals race, the relegation race, just sort of everything. It, it just really goes to show why the NPL is such a bloody goddamn good competition. Yeah, it's I'm excellent. loving it. I'm absolutely loving it this season. Um, um, another thing that I liked, uh, the Fulham fixture release was yeah, done during the week. So, <laughs> classic. We opened the season away to Blackburn and then... On Boxing Day, we are away at Luton Town. The the glory days are back. Suck on that, Liverpool, you dogs. We actually get to play against a team who has won the Premier League, Blackburn Rovers. Do you get to play in Champions League badges this year, mate? No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Champ, oh, so overrated. You're not even the best team in England. Not even the best team in your own country. No, no, get out of it. We're not even going to say. It really annoys me that you're. Oh, you're like. No, put that in the minute. Moving on, otherwise we'll get too sidetracked. I like how we'll get too sidetracked. Branson is the most worked I've ever seen. Can I just say, my favourite thing about Luton Town is that Alistair Cook, English cricket player, goes for him, and their nickname is the Hatters, and their logo has like a high school hat on it. Yeah, nice. Very similar professional. I Um, remember Luton Town players being fucking terrible. Do you? Yeah, lots of talk of them in the FF in the FA Cup where they would, um, you know, how in the sort of setup that you've got where if you're a higher team, you split your tickets. Oh, they just to the yeah. revenue. They oh, would like refuse to do yeah, it, yeah. and you know they had players that were like not showing up to um, certain games because they just didn't want to. They couldn't be bothered, and it was yeah. like it's pretty shit form. But anyway, so I'm going to ask you what you liked. I'm having a look at the run sheet. You've got about five dot points here that all mention Vince Regari. So do you yeah. want to mention him again, or yeah. have you mentioned him enough? No, I liked Vince Regari. Okay, well. good, yeah, cool. Well, good. what else did you like? Some um, other things. Some of the responses. No, uh, so geez, I don't understand. Great. Branson has just triggered my Google oh, Home because he's resting his laptop oh, on that, ladies and gentlemen. I did not touch it. I promise you. I did, listeners, you're on my side. I did not touch the Google Home. That's so semi-professional. The semi-pro potty having Google Home and then trigger it. All I did was put my arms on the table, mate. That is it. Okay, you're not happy. I'm, I'm so not happy with Branson this week, everyone. Oh, but mate, coming from the guy who's not even wearing a kit. Okay, so we'll get back to it because <laughs> Branson is just absolutely useless at this time. Um... So, the passing of Mirko Rastacic for Melbourne Knights. Mm, yep. I absolutely loved the some of the responses to this because mm-hmm. this is why I got into sort of semi-professional local football because of the characters like Mirko. Um, you know, he just... He was the kind of person who was in and around the club for his entire life. Uh, he made everyone feel welcomed. And it's a massive loss. And I really like the way that Knights have sort of celebrated this and everyone in that footballing community has regaled stories about him and, and the influence that they had on, you know, he had on players and just people who wanted to feel part of their culture in Australia. So 
I absolutely love that this week. And just touching on that quickly, the thing that I really liked about it was just seeing sort of, you know, the footballing community come together, you know. Yes. So a lot of the times you see rivalries between different teams, different clubs, clubs between the FV, all, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's unfortunate that the clubs come together for something that's sad like this rather than a positive. But it's good to see, you know, sort of the soccer world unite around this this common cause. Yeah. So that's what I liked. Loved it. What hey, else do you like? One last one. And yep. I know you're just not going to absolutely take a bar of this, but Fernando Torres retired this week. And no, I'll take a bar of it. I got into football around the World Cup era. Yeah, you sold it and, and killed so, your club. Good work, mate. I yeah, love it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we didn't kill our club. We just got Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Um, no, you so, killed two clubs. Yeah. You killed yourself and you killed Newcastle yeah, at the same brilliant. time. Um, no, so Fernando Torres retired this week, and I've got to say that he's definitely in my top five footballers yeah. that I've ever watched, because he was just so, he was, him and Gerard in that combination was just so beautiful to watch, and like, they just looked like such good friends and good what? mates, and, and was, saw, so, we had him in his prime. I saw something crazy on Twitter, sort of going back a bit around the Champions League, but it said, at one stage, Torres was a holder of the World Cup. The European Championship Cup, yep. the Champions League, and the Europa League. For yeah. one week, he was the holder of all four at the same time. Yeah. And you sort of look at it, you go, that's pretty crazy. He is ridiculous. And, and I, was, very I well. remember when he went to Chelsea and it was under sort of kind of bad terms because he kind of called yeah. it late. But when I saw him lifting the Champions League, I was like, I was so happy for him, even though it was Chelsea. I was just like... I wanted you to do this with us, and I'm just glad that you got to do it. I didn't care who it was with. Well, it was just sort of... Because he was so good at Liverpool, and once he left, he just... Uh, I mean, like, let's be honest, he just never sort of hit that heights again. It's very right. similar to Andy Carroll. was great in Newcastle, and ever since he left, just yeah. never quite That's never what, quite got it. But, yeah. I mean, he, he still had some success. He had a lot of critics at Chelsea. Went back to Atletico Madrid. You know, good move, but... Just a, he was just such a beautiful footballer to watch. Yep. So, I absolutely liked, you know, being reminded of those moments, because yep. it was great. Now, what's going to be great is us jumping off from part two, Branson. Yep. Take a little bit of a short break. Jump it's back to part three. three. Ooh. Love it. See you in a couple of seconds, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, where Branson and I are having a little bit of port. A little bit of a nightcap. Act. It is. We've had the entree, we've had the main, and now we're in the dessert part of the show, ladies well, and gentlemen. Well, hang on. To be fair, this... Is not the full dessert dessert because well, hang on, that's a terrible segue. What have I done? What we've got coming up though, not only for part three, we're going to the football tonight, so we're having our dessert before we even have the real dessert, the, the real treat. Yes. Yeah, sorry, that's sort of where I was going for. But you know how we talk about good segues? Terrible. Put me in the bin. Yeah, Turn I can't out. wait to find the Twitter bashers calling out yep. this exact moment. Yeah, um, so when they say shit podcast, you look back at moments like this, you go, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah terrible. Yeah. Anyway, and and the haircuts are still bad. Yeah, still anyway, good. jump into it. Preview section of the podcast. Friday night, we've got Bentley Greens versus Dandenong Thunder. And a big one, Dandy City versus Hume City. That is a massive test for Dandenong City. If they are going to get points off of a big scalp, Hume would be the one to do it with. Well, and we've sort of seen in recent weeks, they've been getting good results. Hume, you know, good results too. And I mean, who knows? It's going to be it's going to be interesting on Saturday. We've got a few more tasty fixtures as well. Avondale taking on Green Gully. Port Melbourne versus the Melbourne Knights. Heidelberg United taking on Oakley and Altona Magic against Kingston. So as far as, you know, interesting games come, some, more, some, some more, I, I reckon 
every game in this round is very interesting. And what's the last game on Sunday, mate? So we've got South Melbourne versus Pasco Vale, which, oh my God, if South Melbourne don't get three points against that, then I'm just throwing away whatever semblance of football understanding I have. Yeah, I mean, like, looking at all the games, apart from Bentley, Dandy Thunder, which you would think would be a super obvious one, all these other ones are sort of, you know, a little bit up in the air. And the result's going to be, like, genuinely interesting on on the table. I mean, Port against the Knights? I mean... What's going to happen? Two teams that have sort of been crying for a win. Heidelberg versus Oakley. Oakley rising. They've already beat Heidelberg. Yep. So, mean, match of the round. What have you got, mate? Uh, I'm going to say it's a toss-up for me between Danny City and Hume City and Port Melbourne and the Knights. Yeah. Just because I reckon the winner of Port Melbourne and the Knights game will just be... Super reinvigorated. The winner, the winner of yeah. that will be primed to say, "Hey, look, we are." I mean, for the nice, they go, "Yep, we're genuine top six. We're going to hang around." Or for Port Melbourne, it goes, "Hey, do you know what? We actually are a real chance." Yeah, at the it's finals. a weird one because it's kind of like it's the derby of teams that don't want to get three points. Uh, well, definitely lately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, that's why I find it interesting. I think I'm going to jump into probably that Avondale Green Gully game because Green Gully are. I, I just want to see Salmon go up against Avondale after they've sort well, of had a bit of a dicey defence recently. And, well, it's, and it's, it's going to be a battle of the two leading goal scorers, Salmon and Boland, both on 17 goals for the season, going to be facing off. Yep, we all love taking penalties. Um, Branson, do you want to talk us through George, my friend? Well, yeah, George. So he went for a double prediction again last week, and he actually got one of them right this he week. He did, which and he good. broke the left bias, he which did. I was happy with. He, well, he broke the left bias, and then it turned out that maybe he shouldn't have done <laughs> yeah. that, because he broke the left bias to tip the Knights, and then Danny City won. So, I mean, one for two for George, better than no none from two, so... I mean, we'll get him to do a couple of uh, predictions again this week. Because, yeah, I, think... I mean, why not? It's just fun. And, you know, if he gets him wrong, he's a bloody rabbit. And there's no shame on us. Because if we do tips, we'll get him wrong and we'll yeah. look really dumb. I mean, he just gets more food, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, really. It's a little <laughs> bit tricky. <laughs> uh, uh, WNPL taking a look at some of the results. Uh, sorry, not some of the results. Some of the games. Southern United taking on Heidelberg United. Uh, we'll see if the pitch is in fact they could playable. Go, they could go two non-losses in a row if that game was called off. Absolutely. <laughs> what a streak that is. Uh, the other games, no real huge matchups. Calder taking on Bayside, Berlin taking on Box Hill, and Alamein against South. You would probably back all three of those top three sides to get wins on the weekend. But, I mean, once again, we'll... Uh, We'll see how it goes. We will. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a hard week of football. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Please join us on at SemiProPotty on Twitter and Instagram. And like we sort of said in our Instagram story, we're going to start recording on Monday nights now so that we can actually get a little bit more of the review stuff done closer to the action so you don't have to wait till midweek to get it. Um, but it's been an absolute joy talking with football with you guys this week. Yep, Branson and I, we're about to head off to a game of football, aren't we? We are, and will I'd say it was been a great show of wearing, again, terrible segue. I just wanted to have another crack at you for not wearing a kit. Couldn't think of anything funny on the fly, so I'm just going to come out and blatantly say that I'm a little bit disappointed. That's all right. You and my parents alike. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, good. we're going to go to the Bulleen game. Yes, the we Club tonight. Yes. Big so. game in the MPL 2. Eastern Lions on top. Bulleen sitting in third. So, it's going to be a fascinating game. Yes. And last time I went, they didn't have a good food offering. So, no, I'm so hoping that. they've actually got the cafeteria more open this week. But, we will probably send out some Instagram stories of that. Please do hit us up. Instagram and Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a joy to have you for episode 19 of the Semi-Pro Podcast.